welcome to another episode of This Week in IPNO. We are, of course, as always, live from the table in my kitchen. We're doing a streamlined crew this week. Rich isn't here, but as we say in Hollywood, the show must go on. Um, we are here with a very special guest. We are with Henry Velez, who is uh, the Vice President of Business Services in IPNO. Uh, Henry, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me, Paul. Good morning, Brittany. No problem. So to start us off, um, can you tell us a little bit about the new DOTS customer service portal that came out and kind of like the story of, of how that came to be? Sure. So so we, we did a soft launch back in January of this year of our new uh, customer service portal which is ServiceNow, we're using the ServiceNow platform for the portal. And what it's doing for us, it's really has become a one-stop shop that makes it easier for our students, faculty and staff, and our visitors uh, to find answers to specific parking and transportation questions that they may have. It really allows them to self-serve. Um, they can transact uh, on their own without an agent being, being present. They can ask questions and um, in a streamlined kind of an effort, agents will come back to them and, and respond to their questions between normal business hours, um, typically between 8.30 and 5 p.m. every day. They can uh, get a response from one of our agents. But it allows them, as I mentioned before, it allows the, the user really to try and self-serve. It, it has a robust, um, Q&A functionality where the, the, the student, faculty, staff, or visitor can look up common questions. Um, it gives them how to guide, how to purchase a permit, how to appeal citation, um, how to look up the, the bus schedules, things of that nature, the more common type of questions. And then certainly for the questions that they may have or transactions they may want to do business with us, that they can't find out how to self-transact or how to self-serve, then they can uh, contact one of our customer agents, again, through email. We are doing away from the in-person. We used to have we used to have four cashier operations where students, faculty, staff, and visitors could go in person. We have one located per campus. And um, what we did is through the pandemic, we found that we could really find ways to transact 100% online without in-person um, interaction. So it, it's it's a big time savers because especially for students who have a really busy schedule, they don't need to get on a bus or drive to one of the cashier operations um, and then go see an, a person to help them tr transact. They really can do it on their own time. They can do it eight o'clock at night, one in the morning, nine in the morning, you name it. It's a 24-7 uh, platform that they can really look for the questions. Or if they, again, if they don't, if they can't find the questions, answers to their questions, then they really can then uh, contact an agent and an agent will be in touch with them within 24 hours of um, Monday through Friday. So it's a great platform. We're trying it out. It actually is going to have a full launch uh, later this week. So we're excited about that. We've been learning a lot over the last three months how students, faculty, and staff have been using the system through the soft launch. We've made some tweaks to it. We're going to continue to make updates to it. 
it is going to what one of the things I have heard is from from some folks, especially some students and faculty, that they do kind of miss that being able to go to an in-person kind of a walk-up window to to help them resolve questions. They do miss a phone call, uh, having a, a, a number where they can call in their questions. Some people want, you know, a real kind of immediate um, response. And it's going to take a little learning, right? But what we what we find is, is that when we had those walk-up windows, when we have people sending separate emails to various agents within the parking and transportation groups, when we have people calling in, we really didn't have any way to capture the data. What were people calling about? What were their concerns? What were their complaints? Um, what were the things they really needed help with, right? We, we weren't tracking those things. By moving this to the ServiceNow platform, now we're getting really good data. We get to see um, what those common questions are, and then it helps us create more kind of Q&A and self-serve type of, um, of a question and answer platform for them to help uh, transact quicker and better. So it's gonna take a little time. We may look at other ways of maybe doing a chatbot. That may be one of the next functionalities we look to add on. We may also look to start creating where a student faculty staff member or even a visitor can schedule a uh, online um, video conference with one of our agents as well. So that's kind of coming down the road as well. So we're looking how to continue to streamline this and make it a better experience for, for the user. You know, at, at the end, what ServiceNow is really giving us is it, it provides us a seamless workflows that allows the users to track all of their inquiries real time. And that's something that we didn't have in the past. A lot of times people said, well, I thought an agent said this to me, maybe I misunderstood it. Now we actually have something that can document that communications and we can have um, the person that's doing the inquiry go back and look at what was said and we can track that and we can kind of look to improve our services through all that data that we're now collecting that we really had a hard time collecting in the past. So switching topics a little bit, um, would you be able to tell us about any updates there's been to the buses and bus routes? Sure, Brittany. So the bus system has gone through a major change and that change occurred in fall of 21. And, and we, we actually started looking at our bus system, our routes, our stops, uh, our ridership, how, how people were using the bus system. We started looking at that data back in spring of uh, 21. And through the summer, we, we assembled a team from professionals from our, um, our department of um, planning, development, design. They were one of the groups that really helped lead this way, Jen Stewart and Leanne uh, uh, both of them were very informative. They have a background in transportation planning. So they, they helped us look at our, our, our bus routes. Uh, our transportation group, uh, John Kay and Dominic, who are in our transportation area, they were part of the team. I had a couple of members from our business service group as well, who really do some data mining and data analytics, help look at the data we had collected over time. We met with student leaders, we met with deans, we met with uh, student affair members, 
And we started looking at, you know, what were some of the, the biggest hurdles that students primarily were the heaviest users. Students are 90% of our riders on our bus system. And we do run one of the largest busing operations in the state next to New Jersey Transit. Started looking into what were their major complaints? What were their major issues that they were having? And, and, and what seemed to rise at top was really the time that it was taking them to complete their, their bus uh, uh, trips, right? Getting from one campus to another campus, especially for classes, right? That was the major area of concern that they had. So we started looking at the data. We started kind of seeing what was causing delays. And a lot of what was causing the delays is the number of stops that we have. And what we found is that many of the stops um, have really low number of students or riders, I should say, getting on or off the bus in certain locations. So we started to really focus on the larger volume stops uh, that we had. And, and we kind of said, we're gonna start reducing the number of low, low volume stops. And that helped tremendously. So we ended up eliminating quite a bit of bus stops for the fall semester. And what we found by doing that is that we were able to complete on average about 45 additional trips per week. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but actually in the transportation world, that's a, that's a significant increase uh, without needing to add more buses. And I'll explain about why we didn't want to add more buses in a second. But we saw an increase there. We did have to work through a couple of hurdles. We did find a couple of locations where we had to tweak some things. So for instance, one of the stops that we eliminated was the Henderson stop out at, at Cook Douglas. We ended up adding that stop back because um, although it had low ridership numbers there, there was some concerns about crossing. If you're familiar with that location, it's on the corner of Riders Lane. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it caused some concerns about student needing to cross that. What is a street, but technically, it's four lanes, so it could be considered, you know, heavy traffic and, and people do kind of use higher speeds on that, on that road. So from a safety perspective, we ended up that's adding that stop back. This past spring, we also had some requests at the Livingston Quads. That was another stop that was eliminated. We decided to add that back up as a pilot. We started running a special service in the evening. Some students were concerned about a late evening walk uh, around that area uh, from where the, the, the current stop at the student center was to walk over to the quad. So we did that as a pilot and it seems to be going well. So we're thinking about um, making that a permanent stop again for next fall. So we're still looking at data there, but it looks like that's a decision we're gonna make. But really what it really was, was to improve, was to really improve the frequencies of the buses arriving at the stops and reducing the amount of time that it took to complete the trips from one campus to another. And um, some of the things we try to make sure is the stops that we ended up keeping. We wanted to make sure that, that those stops for a commuter from that was parking in one of our lots, that their walk from a commuter lot to a bus stop was no more than five minutes. For students, going to classes, we wanted to make sure that all the academic buildings were within a 10 minute walking distance from a bus stop and all other locations, dining halls, um, residence halls, student center, rec centers, 
supports areas, they were all within a 15 minute uh, walking distance. So none of our none of our stops requires a rider to walk more than 15 minutes on on the high end. On average, they're probably doing a five to eight minute walk. That's probably um, what most students are experiencing on our stop. So it, it, it's helping tremendously from, from that perspective. Again, more tweaks. We are gonna look at more changes for this coming fall. We're gonna create more express routes that hopefully would provide even uh, faster services uh, in completing our routes. So we're looking forward to some more enhancement. And this is something we're gonna be doing now on a semester by semester basis. That's a great uh, segue because you gave us a lot of great info on, on, on the portal and the buses, but um, you know, looking down further on the, on the horizon, um, are there any new like upgrades or, or anything for people to um, kind of look forward to? Yeah, well, we, we're working on a lot. Like I mentioned, I kind of mentioned a little bit about the bus system, mentioned a little bit about some more enhancements we're looking to do to our customer service platform. But some other big projects that we're working on um, is uh, uh, additional solar canopies in our parking lots and decks. That's a project that's really headed up by our facilities division. We are working closely with them because again, these solar canopies will go in the parking lots and in decks. We're looking to add a good number of um, solar canopies. So that's gonna be an improved service. And part of that is by us putting these solar canopies out there, is gonna lead into another big project and another initiative we're looking to do in ITNL. And that is developing a, um, an EV charging station program, right? So more and more individuals are purchasing electric vehicles um, along with the additional electric vehicles volume that we're gonna see on campus. We need to have a solution for people to be able to charge those vehicles while they're on campus, right? Because um, it is going to just be an expectations and, and the solar canopies are going to allow us to do that. So we'll be able to install these charging stations, not just where we have solar canopies, other parts of the campuses as well, but certainly the solar canopies gives us an advantage to be able to, uh, to use solar power for those chargers. And other locations, we're going to um, have just regular uh, chargers tied into our infrastructure as well. But that, that's a program that's going to be university-wide. We're probably going to be issuing a RFP later this summer, early fall, uh, to look to roll out that program. We currently have a small number of electric chargers on campus, but it hasn't been a real kind of uh, structured program. It's kind of been on, on a project-by-project -project basis. No one really has been managing the 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 chargers to making sure that they're properly working, um, do they need to be serviced? So my group is now taking that on and we're gonna do this RFP and that's going to add a nice program for across the university for charging stations. Um, along with that same kind of theme, we're looking to develop a, um, a fully established on-campus bus depot for our bus, bus fleet. And we have a pretty large fleet, about 85 buses through the whole system. About 65 of them or so are in this area of New Brunswick alone. We're going to create in, um, in New Brunswick a permanent bus depot for them. In our New York region and our Camden region, those buses are already on campus. 
but in New Brunswick, actually, First Transit, who manages the fleet for us, they actually rent a facility off campus. And then those buses have to kind of come on campus every day. At the end of the day, they go back to, to the depot. By bringing it on campus is going to um, help us reduce the, the time between bringing the campuses on bus and off, on campus and off campus. So that helps us on fuel costs, it helps us on emissions, it helps us on timing. Although the, the depot they currently lease off campus is not that far off, it still makes a difference by having them on campus. And, and we already actually opened up a temporary site for them on the Livingston campus. And we, we anticipate they'll be there for at least a year and a half to two years until the larger uh, permanent bus depot is developed. We're looking actually on the Bush campus for that permanent site. But the nice thing is that we will, we will create a state of the, an art bus facility there that also will allow us to um, have electric vehicles for the future. And that's another project we're looking to do is that currently our entire fleet is fully diesel um, and we want to get off of the diesel and we want to move to electric buses. It's going to take time. These, these electric buses are very expensive and we still need to do some pilot to kind of see to ensure that they can manage the loads that we put on our buses here. You know, we have heavy ridership on our system. But we're looking to start pilot that. So I hope within the next two years that we could have a few electric buses on the campus to start piloting that kind of work to see how that um, how that experience is and ensure it can it can work to manage the workloads that we have. So that's another big area that we're looking to do there. So that'll be two years away before we can develop that permanent bus depot. We're doing major work on our decks and, and parking lots as well. Currently, we have deck one on our Rutgers New York campus closed for major renovations. Um, it, we hope to have that open up by fall of 22. And it's gonna go through a major upgrade um, and I, it's well overdue. So we're looking forward to completing that project. Currently also doing renovations of deck P1 and deck P3 on RBHS Newark. Also other decks that need major renovations. Um, we will probably look to do more renovations in the existing, in the remaining decks for RBHS Newark, which is P2. For Rutgers, New York, we have deck two and deck three that also are gonna go through renovations. This is all over the next kind of four or five years. Um, but now that we've started this program, our hope is that every year we're going to do at least one deck renovation, um, which is very much needed. And, and by doing this, it's gonna give, it's gonna expand the use of these decks for many, many more years, at least probably gonna give us 20 more years of life out of these decks once we complete the work. Parking lots, we're looking to make upgrades in them as well, looking at lighting at our, at our parking uh, lots and also at our bus stops. We want to improve lighting in those areas to ensure people feel safe where they're either walking to their vehicle, going to a bus stop. So we're, that's another major area we're looking to improve as well. That's, uh, that's awesome. That all sounds like, like a lot of, of, uh, of great, changes that I think people are are going to look forward to. Um, so thanks for all that. That, that, was, that was a lot of great info. Um, thanks for coming on the show.
And as we always do, uh, we will give you the last word if there's any, uh, if there's anything else that you'd like to say. Thank you, Paul. And thank you for having me again. And thank you, Brittany. Let me just mention a couple of areas that really have been instrumental in helping us do all the work we've done to date, whether it's been on our customer service portal, our bus transportation system, some of these initiatives and projects that I mentioned we're currently working on, right? Because this is not something that is just being done within my office. As you all know, IPNO is a large group and we have a lot of great resources, great partners, not just within IPNO, but through the university. So just want to take a moment to thank them, certainly our partner transportation staff. Um, they've been phenomenal through this entire process. Our planning development design group has, has been tremendous in helping us planning, uh, developing different models for the, the, um, the bus system in particular, uh, looking at our decks and our parking lots as well. The business service support group has, has you know, really assisted us with looking at data, analyzing that data, putting together financial models, how we get these initiatives funded. Uh, so a big thank you to them. Our facilities and public safety groups, they've been right there with us, whether they're managing some of these projects for us, like the solar canopy project, um, helping us with the renovations. They do all the renovations for us on these decks and parking lots. A lot of work, a lot of time gets put into that and the project managers have been great for us to work with. Certainly your group, right? So you guys have been phenomenal, all strategic services, Paul, Brittany, the two of you and, and, and Richard as well has helped us put communication pieces together, Liz Cran, right? All of your areas, uh, whether it's creating videos for our students, how to navigate the bus system, those all have all been projects that we're looking to complete over the next few weeks and have been tremendous help to us. The chancellor's offices, the student leadership groups, student affairs, the academic planning group, OIT, all of them have been tremendous in helping us um, in these, in these initiatives. And um, last but not least is our third party uh, partners like uh, First Transit who manages our, our bus system, New Park uh, who is the um, system we use to manage our parking permits and our citations. Uh, LAZ is our third party um, management provider for our decks on in the New York region. And certainly uh, ServiceNow, who is our new customer service portal that we've been using. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of gratitude. Uh, we couldn't have done it with all of these areas involved. And, and I look forward to continue working with all of these teams. So with that, Paul, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everyone uh, listening. And uh, thanks, Henry, for coming on again. And we'll, uh, we'll see you again soon.